they're able to hear. Um, as Pete said, we're going to have our time of worship, of sun worship, a little bit later on once I've had a chance to share some things from the scriptures and to share some uh, some thoughts with you around uh, around worship. But just to start um, this time and really just to help us prepare ourselves really for what it is we're about to come and do. I want to read from Psalm 92 uh, and I'm going to read it at the start and then when I've finished sharing I'm going to read it at the end. So I'm going to kind of bookend this time together with these verses from the Psalms and just really to help us to think about what it is that we are coming to do as we come to worship together this morning. And Psalm 92 was a, was a psalm, it was a song that was written for the Sabbath and the Sabbath day being the day that was set aside for rest and for and for corporate worship uh, and this is what the we're going to read from verses two to four and this is what it says okay so I want you to think this is really what we're going to come and do together it says it is good to give thanks to the Lord to sing praises to your name O most high to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night to the music of the lute and the harp to the melody of the lyre for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. Now, we don't, uh, as far as I'm aware, we don't have any lutes or harps or, or lyres, but we have music. We have song. We're able to come and to express our praise and our worship through music and through song. And that's what we're going to come and do in just a little while. But I don't know if you've ever spent any time around young children uh, they ask a lot of questions. You might have noticed this. And the question that they seem to ask more than any other question is why? Why this? Why that? Why are things the way that they are? Why does this thing have this particular name? Why are we going and doing this again? They're inquisitive. They want to understand the way that their world works. They're seeking to learn and understand things. And what I've found as a parent with younger children is that actually... <laughs> It's not always, you can't always just say that's just the way things are or because I said so. They're not, they might be easy answers to give, but they're not very helpful answers uh, to give. And, and actually what we want to do is being able to help our children to understand the world and understand how things work. But what I found is that with these questions of why that come up, it's been really a bit of a challenge for me sometimes to actually think of an answer as to why things are the way that they are or why we do things the way that they do. And it's caused me really to think about it and not just take things for granted and just be that's just as I've always understood things or known things to be. And I think the same can be true when we come to thinking about our relationship with God and, uh, and the church and the things that we do in church. Actually, we can sometimes think we do it just because that's what we've always done and that's what we know without actually asking the question of why do we do it? And this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to think about song and we're going to think about why we as God's people, why we sing. And this is part of our worship series that we've started a couple of weeks back. We've got, got a couple of weeks more on it. We felt just at the outset of the year, we wanted to spend some time really thinking on worship and looking at different aspects of worship and spending time being able to dwell and meditate on it and really to think about what worship is, why we do it, what it looks like. Um, and just kind of at the outset of what I'm going to say, when we're talking about worship, one way that we could understand worship, a helpful way of understanding worship, is that it's anything we do that gives expression to the supreme worth of God. OK, so worship is anything that we do that gives expression to the supreme worth of God. It's our way of expressing our praise and our worship to who God is or, um, and, and expressing how worthy he is and what his worth is. 
Now, when we were, in terms of planning the series, we were having conversations uh, with a number of people about what to include, what would be good areas to touch on, what would be good things to think on. And one of the things that came through was that oftentimes when we do, uh, and churches do series on worship, is that we can focus quite a lot on worship as, as lifestyle. So living lives of worship. And that's absolutely right that we do that. It's incredible. It's absolutely biblical and scriptural. We're told to offer our lives as uh, as as kind of living living sacrifices of worship. So we worship God in everything that we do. But actually, it's pointed out of can we just spend some time thinking about song and the importance and significance of song in the lives of God's people? Because it's potentially something that we can overlook. Uh, without realizing that it is something there is something incredibly powerful about singing and so we don't just want to kind of go through the motions are oh, we sing because it's what we do actually we want to spend some time thinking about why we sing and actually what it, what happens when we do sing now my plan for the, for this morning is really to give a bit of an overview really uh, of um of of song in the lives of God's people the importance and significance of it we're going to focus a little more in terms of corporate worship and what it looks like when we're together in a few weeks time that's something that we're going to come back to so this is a bit more of an overview just in terms of song whether we're thinking about when we're all together or if we're by ourselves or if we're in our households whatever it might look like but I'm very aware that all of us will have different relationships with music and with song. For some of us, it could play a really key part in our lives. We might be those who've constantly got music on or constantly singing. Uh, we might be those that um, don't really enjoy music or enjoy song. We might be those who uh, feel that we, we enjoy song um, because we, we, we feel that we're able to sing well. There might be others of us that are reluctant to sing because we don't feel that we sing so well. And that can, uh, the, the ways that we relate to music can also, um, and song can, can impact the way that we relate to it within within worship as well and how we worship God through song and you know we could be someone that that loves the the time of song the, and the time where we have singing together on a Sunday or you might be someone that kind of feels like I'm going to just get through this and then wait until we get to the word because that's the bit that I really want to want to be and the reality is is that all of us will engage with music and song in different ways and I just want to pick up on that and, and just share with something from you that I read by um, Bob, Bob Kauflin. Uh, and I just want to say this right at the very outset, because I want all of us to be able to engage with what we're going to be thinking about over the next few moments. And not to, dis not to feel like this isn't something that relates to me, because I don't enjoy singing or, or whatever it might be, or whatever our relationship with music and song is. I just want to kind of lay this as a bit of a foundation for all of us and, in, and an encouragement for all of us to really engage with what we're gonna be thinking about. See, Bob Calvin says this, he says, the question isn't, do you have a voice? The question is, do you have a song? If you've turned from your sins and trusted in the finished work of Christ, if you're forgiven and reconciled to God, then you have a song. It is a song of the redeemed, of those who have been rescued from the righteous wrath of God through the cross of Jesus Christ, and are now called his friends. Once we were not a people, but now we are the people of God and are singing together, every voice contributing is one way we express that truth. So I just want you to keep that in mind. It's not, this isn't really a question of, do I have a voice? Do, um, am, I, am I needed to sing? Is it important if I sing or not? That's the wrong question. The question is, do you have a song to sing? And if you've put your hope and, and your trust in Christ, if you've been born again, then you do have a song to sing. 
And it's a song of redemption. It's a song of the work that Jesus has done for you. It's a song of the love and grace that God has shown to us. So I just want to lay that out at the outset and just say, let's all of us, each one of us, just engage with what I'm going to share and just to think upon these things. So let's just think of some reasons why then is uh is what what why then is singing in the lives of God's people of such importance and such significance the first point I'm going to make is this is that God is a singing God if we turn to Zephaniah chapter 3 going to read from verse 14 to 17 so this is part of the of what Zephaniah the, the prophecy that Zephaniah had he says sing aloud O daughter of Zion shout O Israel rejoice and exult with all your heart O daughter of Jerusalem the Lord has taken away the judgments against you and he has cleared away your enemies. The king of Israel, the Lord is in your midst. Then you shall never again fear evil. On that day, it should be said to Jerusalem, fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save and he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. God himself is a singing God. What we've just read is that God expresses delight over his people in song. It's a way that he expresses his affection and his delight. So we see that God is a singing God. If we look at the life of Jesus as well, I don't know if you've noticed this before, if you've ever read the, the um, I think it's in the gospel account of Matthew, on the night before Jesus is going, the night before his crucifixion, it actually says that when Jesus was with his friends, they were singing hymns together. So singing was a part of Jesus' life as well. But we see singing and the role of song throughout the whole of Scripture. If you look at Psalms, we've already we've already kind of dug into the Psalms a little bit this morning. But the Psalms is really it's a book of songs. It's words that are meant to be sung. It's expressions of of people's hearts that actually are meant to be there to uh, are there to be sung. Before Christmas, we were doing our Advent series, and it, it might have been the first week of that, or the second week, I think it was the second week, we looked at Mary's song, as she, knew, as she had heard that she was uh, going to carry and, and give birth to, to Jesus. She expresses herself through song, and she praises God through song. We see it throughout Scripture. And then if we look at Revelation, where John has this vision of what's going to happen when Christ returns for the church, we see songs scattered throughout that in terms of praise and adoration and expressions of worship before God. And it's very clear that God created music and song. And he's given music and song to us as gifts to be used in our expression of worship to him. And if they're gifts from God, then they are there to do us good. And we're going to think now about some ways of what actually happens when we sing, what it is about this gift that God has given us, what it is about the way that, that God has created music and song to be and what it does for us. And one of the things that happens when we sing is that singing engages our emotions and stirs our affections. So if we're thinking about why singing is important and why we do it, because it engages our emotions and stirs our affections. Now, whatever context we're, we're, we're kind of thinking about song, whether we're at a concert, 
uh, whether we're listening to music on our headphones on our, as we're walking somewhere, whether we're listening to it in the car, whether we're uh, worshipping in church, whatever the context might be, music and song have the ability to express and speak to our feelings and to draw out and engage our emotions. It's one of the things that music does. I don't know if you've noticed this, and I'm, I'm very aware of this, that the importance of soundtracks in music and film and just the important role they play in helping us to engage in what's going on because they draw us in and we engage, it, it, it engages our emotions and our feelings to it. Now, we might not always realise with soundtracks that these things are going on. It might be background noise where we're focused more on the other things that are happening. But if you were to take that away, the way in which we engage with what we're seeing would be very, very different. You see, music and song are, are capable of moving us. I don't know, maybe you've had experience of that in your own life. I certainly have, and again, in different contexts. I remember being in, in at, at gigs and then uh, watching bands play and just in the moment, just having a real emotional connection or an emotional response to what is going on. Maybe in terms of, of the whole the whole setting and, and what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing as well, but I, I've had really uh, kind of emotional um, responses to what I'm seeing. But then I've also had moments where I'm just listening to a song by myself in my bedroom, and again, just something really connecting with me emotionally and with my feelings that's just really resonated within me and just stirred something within me. And again, within a, a context of where I'm singing praise to God, whether on my own or in church, just feeling that it, it's what I'm singing is just really connecting with the way that I'm feeling and being able to express my, my emotions and my feelings through it as well. And music and song have a great power to be able to do that, to provoke that response within us. Now, singing uh, helps us to engage emotionally with God's word as we respond to the truths that we're singing about. So let me say that again. Singing helps us to engage emotionally with God's word as we respond to what we're singing about. So it's not just about singing. The words that we sing are important, and we're going to think about that in a moment. And we're singing truths about God and about who he is and about what he's done and about his character. And what singing helps us to do means that we can engage our emotions with the truths of what we're singing. So it's not just about empty words, but it's also about us being able to connect our feelings and our emotions to the truths of what we are singing in a way, perhaps that just uh, reading, reading them, um, reading them or hearing them might not have the same effect or impact on us. Jonathan Edwards, um, not the triple jumper, but the, the theologian, he says this about the role of music and the role of song. He says that the duty of singing praises to God seems to be appointed wholly to excite and express religious affections. No other reason can be assigned why we should express ourselves to God in verse rather than in prose and do it with music, but only that such is our nature and frame that these things have a tendency to move our affections. So there's something in the way that God has made us to be, something very deliberate in God's, uh, in God's design and creativity of how we're meant to be, that, um, that, that actually music and song has a tendency to move our affections in the way that words by themselves just wouldn't. That's part of the way that God has made us to be. So when I'm saying that music and song are a gift, 
actually they're, they're gifts that God has, has they're, they're deliberate things that God has given us uh, and, and to help us. And again, we, we mentioned the Psalms a moment ago. If you look at the Psalms, you, you can see that these are expressions of people's feelings and, and of people's emotions. You see joy, you see lament, you see praise, you see sorrow, you see a whole host of expression of what is going on within the person who was writing the psalm. And, and I think actually there is something in, in terms of, um, again, just in terms of music and song that, that connects with our feelings and emotions in a way that nothing else does. And that's the way that God has made us to be. So singing engages our emotions and stirs our affections. Another, another thing that singing does is singing shapes our theologies. Okay, this is really important to understand that singing shapes our theologies. I don't know if you would have seen this video, but a, a few months ago, it wasn't too long ago, there was a video doing the rounds of, on social media of an elderly lady. Her name is Marta, Marta Cinta Gonzalez Saldana, and she's a Spanish lady and, and she was a, a ballerina. Okay, that's what she had devoted her life to was ballet. And she was a ballerina. And this video of her was shot in 2019, I think it was. At this point, she was elderly. She's very frail. She was in a wheelchair and she was living with Alzheimer's. And what happened in this video was they start to play part of the melody from Swan Lake. And then just in a moment, what you see is that gradually she's starting to, to feel what the music is doing. And then she just breaks out into dance. And she's just, there's something that's triggered the, 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 the muscle memory. And actually this lady who's living with Alzheimer's and for who remembering and remembrance must be an absolute struggle at times. Yet when the music is played, she's dancing to song, to, to dances that she probably learned decades and decades ago before. But music, uh, and, and, and some described it like this, that the melody has unlocked her memories. There's something about music that has in, enabled her to access memories in a way that she wouldn't have been able to before. And it, it was absolutely beautiful to see just how just the, the difference of, uh, I guess, really this release that came as she was just able to express um, this, this dance that she had learned all that time ago. And again, music and song has the power to do that. A few weeks ago, if you were hanging around at the end uh, after our service, we were having conversations about the older songs that we used to sing and how we being able to recall songs from our childhood. And there was different albums thrown out there. It, I think someone mentioned an album called The Love Machine or something, which confused me a little bit, but apparently this was one from, from someone's past. That, and, and people were able to recall songs from their childhood. And we were saying about how actually for our children now, Actually, the songs we're singing now may, be, may well be the songs that they remember as they grow as well. You see, there is something about song that stays with us and connects with us. Words that are sung are memorable because they appear in patterns, whether that's melodic, rhythmic or structural patterns. And so it's easier for our brains to recall these as because we are internalizing what we're singing in a, in a way that is different to if we're just having conversation or, or reading or, 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 um, or hearing someone speak. Actually, there's something about the, the patterns in song that help us to really internalize what we're singing, which is why so much of how we teach, particularly with children, is done through song, because it helps them to remember and to recall. And you've got the repetition of that as well. And so, um, so, so yeah, actually, 
when what we sing will stay with us and we will internalize what we sing last week when we were together pete spoke on being able to worship anywhere anytime if i asked you to tell me what pete shared last week you might be able to recall a few of the points that he shared and, and, and just be able to say kind of some of the main points but if i were to tell you that last week we sang the joy of the lord everlasting god all heaven declares and be still for the presence of the Lord. You may well be able to sing me the whole of those songs or at least significant portions of those songs because they're things that we've internalized and we internalize them in a different way than if we're just hearing the word being spoken. That's not to diminish the role of preaching, absolutely not, but it's to help us to recognize and appreciate the significance of song in terms of helping us to remember and helping us to learn. In Deuteronomy 31, um this is just as uh, as as the israelites were about to enter into the promised land this is what god uh, commissions um commissions the people to do he says now therefore write this song and teach it to the people of israel put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the people of israel for when i've brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey which I swore to give to their fathers, and they have eaten and are full and grown fat. They will turn to other gods and serve them and despise me and break my covenant. And when many evils and troubles have come upon them, this song shall confront them as a witness, for it will live, it will live unforgotten in the mouths of their offspring. For I know that they are inclined to do, for I know what they are inclined to do today. Even today, before I've brought them into the land that I swore to give. So Moses wrote this song the same day and taught it to the people of Israel. Now we're talking about our people who at that time were, were very much oral learners, stories and, and things would have been passed on orally. But we see that God, knowing that the people would be very quick to forget what God had done, is saying, look, I'm going to give you this song for you to teach to all people, to future generations that you will be able to remember and to recall. And so actually there's this, this importance of um, the, the use of song in being able to, to remember and to internalize what God has said. And singing allows God's word to remain in us and to shape us. And it will impact and shape our theology, our understanding and knowledge of God, uh, of who he is, of what he's done for us. And so that means, and this is a bit of a... Uh, a, a bit of a warning to us, I guess, something for us to be aware of. That means that we need to sing words that God wants us to remember. We have to be aware of what it is that we are singing. We have to make sure that what we are singing is true, that it is God-centered, that it is God-glorifying, that it tells us truths about his character, that it tells us truths about his work, that it is centered on the good news of the gospel, of the sacrifice of Jesus, of what he's done for us and what that means for us. Let's not just sing songs because we like the tune. Actually, we need to be very aware because what we are singing, we're going to be, it's going to be taking root and settling within us. So that's not, it's not a, oh, you, not, not something to, um, uh, not something to panic about, but just be aware. What is it that we are singing? Because what we are singing will, will shape our, it, it will shape our theology because we are taking it in and it's settling within us perhaps in a, in a different way than, than preaching and teaching does. 
just because it works differently. So we need to be aware of that. But there's a real blessing within that, because if we are singing the words that God wants us to remember, that can only do us good because we are filling ourselves up on the truths of who God is and the truths of what he's done and the truths of our character. So singing is important because it enables us to just uh, we're just internalizing and building up just reserves of, of, of truth about god so singing shapes our theologies singing also also forms communities singing has the potential to bring people together we see this at sporting events you see it at a football match wouldn't you where all the crowd are, are, are chanting they're doing their chants and their songs uh, many of them i would you know wouldn't even dare to to sing to you now that just wouldn't be appropriate at all but we see it at concerts where people are there singing the same songs we see it last night of the proms don't we when everyone or at least until recently, I know everyone kind of joins together and sings that last song. I've got memories of being on scout camp, sitting around the campfire, singing Ging Gang Gooly uh, and all sorts of other songs. It's part of what we did together because it has the potential to bring people together. Bob Kauflin, who I mentioned a little while ago, he says this. He says that um, that our singing tends to bind us together. It's more effective than simply reciting or shouting words in unison. Singing enables us to spend extended periods of time communicating the same thoughts, the same passions and the same intentions. This, that process can actually have a physical effect on our bodies. And scientists have found that singing corporately produces a chemical change in our bodies that contributes to our sense of bonding. So if we're saying that, that, that God has created our bodies to work in such a way that the act of singing together produces a chemical change that bonds people together. So singing forms community. It's not just about us and God. It's about us and other people. Colossians 3. So I'm jumping around quite a bit, but I just want to make sure we're rooting this as much as we can in the scriptures. In Colossians 3, Paul writes to the church and he says, we're actually going to spend a little bit more time on these um, on these verses in a couple of weeks when we're thinking about corporate singing and corporate worship. But in Colossians 3.15, he says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell, dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God and whatever you do. In word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So there is something about when we are corporately together, there is an important role that singing plays. There's something about unity and being united together and the role of singing within that. When the church is gathered and expressing unity and growing in unity as we proclaim the same truths together, we are built up. It does us good to proclaim the same truths together. It builds us up, but it also brings us, it, 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 there's something in it that unites us together as well and helps us to grow in unity. And it also goes back to our previous point about singing, shaping our theologies. Actually, as we sing together and as we sing to one another, we are, uh, again, we are, um, uh, we, we are, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? 
we're, we're teaching one another. Sorry, we're, we're teaching one another and instructing one another through song as well. So God's people sing together. But this is not rooted around a team. It's not rooted around a band. It's not rooted around a particular style of music. It is, uh, it, it is united in and by the gospel. That's, where, that's really where the unity comes in terms of singing together. We are united in and by the gospel. Because it's Jesus who has made a way for us to come together. It's Jesus who's made a way for us to sing praise and for us to worship. He's the one that unites us together. It's not that we like the same style of music. Uh, actually, I, I know Mike's really helpfully picked us up on this before in terms of uh, in terms of how we would how we would whether we would lay down our personal preferences in terms of style and different things like that. Because actually, it's not that that unites us. It's Jesus. And it's the gospel that does. So singing engages our emotions and stirs our affections. It shapes our theologies and it forms community. So, again, just a bit of an overview. But all of the we, hopefully we can see the importance and significance of song in our, in our lives and why God has given it to us as a gift. But I just want to finish with this because I'm very aware. And even as I was preparing this. I was having these thoughts and you may well be having these thoughts of, OK, so but how does this work itself out in the time that we're in at the minute where we're not able to meet, where there are restrictions in terms of what worship looks like and how we're able to do it? And I just want to share a few thoughts on them. In Acts 16, we read about Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas were on their way to a corporate time of worship with uh, with with others. And on the way, they're arrested and they're thrown into prison. And what do they do while they're in prison? While they're unable to be with those who they were who they were expecting to be with for prayer and worship, while they've been separated from them, they are singing. They are singing in the prison. They are singing in the midst of the circumstances in which they find themselves. And actually what we see is that God does miraculous and wonderful and powerful things through that uh, as they're worshiping together. But they didn't allow their circumstances to stop them from singing. They sang in the midst of it. Even while they were separated from those that they longed to be with and wanted to be with, they were still singing. We see as well through the life of David, uh, a lot of the Psalms, a number of the Psalms were sung in circumstances where some of them where his life is, is in danger and he's hiding and he's not able to be where he wants to be. But actually, he's, he keeps on singing. He keeps on singing. One of the things I know we being able to while we're not able to meet in person, we know that there are limitations to the way in which we're connecting together. But actually, one of the real joys for me of being on Zoom times like today, even though I can't necessarily hear others singing, being able to see others singing and encountering God, to know that I'm singing the same truths at the same time as the rest of you does me good. To know that we're all worshipping God together, but then also being able to hear contributions as God speaks through that time of worship as we're singing and expressing our praise to God, how God speaks to us, and we're able to hear uh, those contributions being shared and being brought. That does me good, and I hope it does you good too. So keep on singing through these times it might look different but don't stop 
singing. Psalm 149 says this, it says, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds, it says. So sing for joy in the assembly of the godly. Sing for joy when you're together. Sing for joy when you're gathered together with brothers and sisters, worshipping God together. But also sing for joy when you're on your own. Sing for joy when you're lying in your bed. Sing for joy at any time of the day, whoever you are with. I was reading an article on this and they picked up on that point. We need to keep singing through these times. And they made this really helpful point that there's a potential that because we have such an access to worship resources, whether through YouTube, Spotify, uh, CDs, if you still own CDs, I'm still a CD fan. However you engage with music, they say actually there's a potential that we kind of just turn to the professionals to do it for us. And there is actually, um, don't hear what I'm not saying, we should make use of those resources, we should use them to help us as we sing and as we worship God. But let's not solely rely on them. Why not? Particularly in this time that we're in, let's use it as an opportunity to rediscover our own voice. Don't just rely on others. Just sing to God with your own voice. Sing songs that you know. Maybe even see if God's given you your, your own song, a new song for you to be singing in this time, for you to express what is going on in your life and in your heart through song maybe that's not something that you've done before and the thought of it you're not quite sure how to engage with that but let's use the gift that God has given to us it struck me you know I've mentioned the psalms quite a lot and, and we can sing the psalms but at some point this was this was this was a person who lived expressing what was going on in their lives it was them singing a song to God and we have the opportunity to do the same so maybe in this season take the time to re rediscover your own voice Sing your own songs to God. And then finally, just this. On um, something that I'd read on Twitter, this was back in April of last year, and I shared it with our, with our growth group. But I just want to share it with you. There's someone called Alicia Atkins. She said that one of the most drastic changes to my church experience when I lived in China was when we met with Christians for worship. Not everyone got to sing every week. And no one could sing loudly okay, because of the, the persecution that they were suffering and not being able to meet and for needing to, to not be found. And then she carried on. When we had a retreat on Thailand, the most incredible and beautiful worship experience I've been a part of was getting to see from the stage Chinese Christians sing with abandon and raised hands for the first time in their lives. It made me think of Moses' unveiled face. Now, often during worship, I stand and take in the volume of the congregation and pause to appreciate that we meet regularly in large numbers with no volume restrictions for security reasons. Worshipping in China changed how I worship in the US. I hope worshipping lockdown changes the way we worship when we can come back together and worship as a body in one place again. Now, I'm not saying that we're to despise the times that we're in. 
actually we need to be asking God, is there anything that you're wanting to teach us through this time? Are there things for us to be learning? Do you want to change things? But actually it also provides us with an opportunity to think about what worship will look like and how we engage with, with worship when we are back together. And I think it's something that deserves our consideration. It's not wrong to long to be back together. The Apostle Paul, don't we see it time and time again, he expresses this longing to be with brothers and sisters and to be able to be together again. But I think it's good for us to think, actually, what's it going to look like for us when we are back together and able to sing? How are we going to play our part in that? How are we going to respond to that? How are we going to make the most of that opportunity? But I think it also provides us with opportunity to give thanks that actually even in these times, we are still able to, to sing. We are still able to worship. We're not in fear of our safety or our security. In our homes, maybe you'll upset your neighbours, but you can sing as loud as you want. You can express yourself as freely as you want. So there is much for us to be thankful for as well but actually it's okay for us to be longing for what is to come and to give time thinking about what that is going to look like so God's people sing and in a moment we are going to come and we are going to sing but again I just want to just remind you of what we said at the start that the question isn't do you have a voice but do you have a song and if you have been saved if if you have put your trust in Jesus and repented of your old life and are now living a life seeking to be obedient to Jesus, then this morning you have a song to sing. You have a song to sing. So let's come and sing together. Let's express our hearts through song and through music. And I just want to let's read again those verses from the Psalms as we remind ourselves of what it is we are about to come and do it is good to give thanks to the lord to sing praises to your name O most high to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night to the music of the lute and the harp to the melody of the lyre for you O lord have made me glad by your work at the works of your hands i sing for joy I'm going to hand over to Neil. Neil's going to lead us in a time of worship. But let's think upon what we've just read, what we've just heard. Let's come and sing for joy. God's people sing. We are God's people. Let's come and sing.